This week on the show, we have Twitch partner, speedrunner, and GDQ host, an eternal enigma. And if you're enjoying the show and want to help support it, make sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash kojimafreak. Hello. Hey, Enigma. Hey. Hey, hey. Uh-oh. Hold on. Oh, there you are. Okay, there I am. Hi. <laughs> you got like a broadcaster mic. Jeez. Yeah, that's so clear. You can't hear it, but with my monitoring on the Go XLR, I can I can hear a static, but you can't hear it. So that's all that matters. But I'm always like, oh, God, can anybody else hear this? But it's, I, I recorded a test for that chat, and I played it back, and I thought, oh, that's crystal clear. So yeah, you sound I like just, morning radio show is what that I tend sounds to, like. I tend to forget how clear it sounds, and then I go back and listen to it. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty clear. You've got a SM7B, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can tell. I saw that output. I was like, "Ooh, that's a SM7B output." Like, "Ooh." Like, of course, ooh. you would know like the exact model number. <laughs> Goddamn right. They're so good. I've had this thing for uh, for three years. See, I I became a Twitch partner in seventeen, and then I realized it was it, this was going to work. So I was like, oh, "I got to get professional equipment now." So yeah, I, uh, I I bit the bullet and got that about three years ago, and it's held up pretty well. I've got mine running through like a cloud lifter and through a SSL too. And I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, the the Go XLR. Thankfully, negates the cloud lifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing's a fucking beast. Yeah, it's built in. Yeah. You've got the full version. Yeah, and I got it before they bumped the price yeah, up because I got it when it came out. Yeah, so <laughs> I got lucky there. It's like five hundred. Yeah, when I got it, it was four hundred. Nice. So. We just talked a bunch of foreign language to uh, everybody else in this chat, so it's all good. Yeah, I was I was actually <laughs> about to post in the group chat uh, like Winona Ryder when she's at the 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 award show and she's like. Yeah. Oh, and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Googly eyed. What was up with that? I don't know. Was there like a fly buzzing her after or something? I think she was. Just, I think she was just having a good night. I think that's what that was. That may. Sure that may enough. be all it is. Isn't that what? Um, going back to Winona Ryder. Isn't that what like Matt Stone and Parker did for the Oscars that one year? Like they they took acid and put dresses on. Yeah, they did. They did something like that. They were uh, and- un- under the influence. And then people would ask them about the dresses and they were like, really, we're just here to talk about our art. (laughs) (laughs) That is totally something that they did and probably would continue to do. Iconic. I appreciate that. Hey, I'm Fingers. Yo, it's Apache Smash. Hey, everyone. This is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. I know that at least one of them had JLo's Versace. Don't ask how I know this. And then the oh. other one had a had a I think a see-through bit that was originally worn by Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, <laughs> not what I was expecting to talk about when I was hyping everybody up for you, Enigma. But yeah. uh, I'm full of surprises. I'll tell you, I can I can spin off the rails real quick, but. If that happens, we still make it fun. So we still we still find ourselves in fun places, hopefully. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And honestly, you know, I'm not surprised. Another kind of thing we talked about in terms of like hyping up um, is I'm not surprised about your mic quality. Um, I was given um, fingers and nitro a little bit of background about how like your your whole stream production is just like kind of insane. Um, it's just, it's, it's very well done. It's very well managed. Thank you. I appreciate it. I take a lot of, I take a lot of pride in my production. Uh, I just had to move a few months ago uh, and I'm in a new place and it was a scramble to get everything 
hooked back up in the way I want it. But with me, I'm I'm never completely satisfied and my brain is always going a million miles an hour. Like, what, what can I do with these lights? What can I do with this? What can I do yeah. with that? I have the the Silent Hill slot machine from Japan in the background. Uh, that <laughs> that was made. You've got the Silent up. Hill one too? Because I, yeah. I just found out you had the MGS3 oh. one as well. Right? No, I, I sorry. Don't. I, I I meant to say I sorry. Sorry for the confusion. He has the Silent Hill one. Oh yeah, that's yeah. still amazing. Yeah, oh, she yes. said she said Pachinko, and he assumed Metal Gear. So <laughs> yeah, no, this funny. man's got the Silent Hill Pachinko. Holy well, shit! Let's let's be clear because you know there is a difference between Pachinko and Patchy Slot. Yeah, there but is. everybody called it Pachinko, so I wanted to make sure everybody yeah. knew what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you for the clarification for this ignorant American. I am nothing if not pedantic. Yep, I am very clear to. All also specify the difference between pacha slot and pachinko this i was like this is a pachi slot there's the metal balls are not there it's this is just it's just a slot machine with redone silent hill cutscenes. but you know it's interesting i've been you know as you as you all know i've been going through the metal gear solid series and mm-hmm. i brushed up a little bit on my on my knowledge of the metal gear solid uh i, I think is that a pachi slot or a pachinko machine yeah, I think Watch it was their out. their highest. Uh, I think it was like the most expensive one they've ever made, or something like that. And they completely redid the cutscenes for Metal Gear Solid Three in the Fox Engine for that, and it just they did not. Oh, they okay. didn't. So okay, no. see, this okay. is why I'm here. I need to be educated. So <laughs> there is, is a lot of m- weird rumor slash mysticism around this thing. I don't know I what know you it. want to call it. Don't There's I a lot know of it. speculation around it. Mm-hmm. Okay, this, this is sort of an, an, an absence of evidence sort of thing, but there has never been any sort of confirmation or information about the MGS3 patchy slot using the Fox engine. People mm. saw pretty graphics and jumped to conclusions, and, and that includes a lot of game journalists who saw it and, and wrote about it, but there's never been any source for it. There's no mention of it anywhere. You can go through... Uh, all of the materials that Konami put out, which there were actually quite a lot of them, and there's no mention of the engine. But a lot of people don't seem to... Okay, God. You're the guest, but I'm going to go on a rant here. Because this, this has been driving me crazy. I'm here to listen to this. I'm usually educating about Silent Hill, so this is my turn to get educated. Go for okay. it. Okay, so uh, Konami Amusement, uh previously it was uh konami uh parlor entertainment or apache slot or something like it was kpe was their acronym i don't remember off the top of my head they've they've sort of had a reorganization lately um the the part of konami that makes the 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 apache slot uh devices and most of their you know casino gambling type machines they are an entirely separate division that practically a different subsidiary from konami digital entertainment which is their game development wing they're they're completely detached from one another they've got their own workflows their own development teams they're they're completely separate okay Mm -hmm. um the team this company that that, or this uh subsidiary that made the the metal gear patchy slot has got their own workflow and it Apart from the fact that it, that there has never been any mention of this engine, it literally makes no sense for them to use the engine for this. Um, I'm trying to kind of formulate my thoughts on this, so so bear with me. Sure, because uh, I wasn't expecting to to sort of pop off about <laughs> it. Surprise! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
Okay, so they've been making these sort of digital, uh, you know, pachinko machines, these patchy slot machines for quite a while. And if you can, you can look at the machines that predate the MGS3 machine. Uh, Silent Hill, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, was was the last big one they did before the MGS3 machine. Mm, okay. And you can look at the uh, the sort of like full motion video cutscenes that they've built into these machines mm-hmm. and and look at the shaders they use and the art style. And they all have a similar style because they're all done by the same team. They've, they've got that same sort of strange, flat, but but hyper detailed look to it. You know what you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where it just looks kind of off. Um, and, and MGS three, you know, was, was sort of their biggest ticket one. So there's a lot of money put into that, but Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't make any sense for them to use the Fox engine for something like that. The Fox engine was made for quick turnaround of, of, of gameplay, uh, so that you could, you know, developers and artists could hop in, create levels, test mechanics and hop back out. And from what I heard, it was actually kind of a nightmare to work with. Oh, okay. Um, it was not as as easy as a lot of people thought it was. Maybe that was the intent, but it never got to that point. The the few anecdotes that are sort of floating around about it say it was pretty difficult to work with. But that was a tool made for developing gameplay. It would not make any sense to hand that engine off to a team that is in a different division that has their own workflow that is making full motion video non-interactive scenes it would not make sense to pass off this entirely new engine to them to uh essentially say hey we're gonna we're gonna train everybody in this division to use this new engine that is already being depreciated because the fox engine is practically it's basically a dead project at this yeah. point mm-hmm. um so that you can make something that isn't even leveraging the tool um, the thing that threw a lot of people off is the fact that it seems like the MGS3 patchy slot is using the animation data from MGS3. They've just slapped higher uh, higher fidelity models over top of it. You can actually play them side by side, and they're basically a perfect match. Okay. Um, but th- I've kind of gone the long way around on this, but the short <laughs> version of this is there's no information no confirmation, no official report that has ever mentioned the Fox engine in association with the patchy slot. And it doesn't even make sense for that to be the thing they would use for it. It would, it would increase the cost and the time of development tenfold. If you did that, because you would have to retrain staff. Cause it's just playing a movie. Yeah. It's just playing movies. You can yeah. do that in blender. Why would you use a gameplay engine to make movies. I do see your logic on that. I do. And having the Silent Hill slot machine, I, I've had this thing, gosh, for almost four years now. And occasionally I'll, I'll break it out on the stream and play it and have another camera zoomed in on the screen. And 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 it also does have the same style of the cutscenes. I will admit I have not seen much of the Metal Gear one. Uh, I've just been kind of getting pieces here and there. But I do see some similarities and they've done the same thing with the Silent Hill with the yeah. Silent Hill machine where they're they're like I wouldn't say they're one to one in terms of animation, but th- they have things that are there like James and Laura in the hotel room and then right. 
and then they have new stuff like they're walking around the town and things like that and I I do I do see what you're saying where you wouldn't use a gameplay engine to create if, a cutscene essentially. If you want a smoking gun for this, mm-hmm. go and look at the Castlevania Lords of Shadow patchy slot that they made. It has an almost identical art style to MGS3. Okay. Uh so unless you know the patchy slot division decided to use, you know, uh a a bazooka to swat a fly. They're not using the Fox engine. Or they made the Castlevania cutscenes in the Fox engine. Yeah, there you confirmed. go. They, well, I mean, this <laughs> there's this whole idea around the the patchy slot that it's sort of a a, a zero sum game with with the games that Konami makes. Like, why aren't they making uh, a new Silent Hill? Why aren't they making you know PT? Why aren't they making new Metal Gears? Why aren't they doing X and Y? And instead of doing this patchy slot stuff. But those have always been concurrent with each other. They're mm-hmm. unrelated. Yep. And in fact, like every major game developer does this. Yeah. <laughs> you know how many, I, you know how many patchy slot machines Capcom has? They've got a few. I've seen the Resident Evil 6 one, actually. So yeah, they, they're out there as well. The Resident Evil 6 one fascinates me. I haven't looked too much into it, but I'm, I know they've got a Resident Evil 5 and a Resident Evil 6 one. I do know they've got both of those. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Like the game development team is not going to be working on that stuff. It's entirely different divisions. Yeah, and and I mean, again, it's just, if, if somebody could show me a piece of paper somewhere from Konami that says like, hey, yes, we use sure. this, then I'll, sh- then I'll shut up in an instant. But- <laughs> I, I see what you're saying, though, yeah. And uh, that's something, that, you know, to kind of go into that, that's something we kind of we deal with, with in the Silent Hill community is like misinformation, or maybe not, not so much misinformation, but just unconfirmed things. Yeah. One of the big things in our community <laughs> is that... You don't say... yeah right if you spend some time on that wiki you'll you'll understand but uh one of the big things is silent hill was based on centralia pennsylvania and i have the same reaction that that one that you had with me on that fox engine i'm like no it's not it's not it had nothing to do with centralia (laughs) that was um what's his name christopher gons the guy who directed uh yes the movie he got inspiration for the movie from that right and and roger avery the writer of the movie right. yeah simultaneously uh roger avery knew about centralia but the there is no evidence whatsoever it, it going back to old team silence development stuff de- de- development information that that they ever knew what centralia pennsylvania was or anything like that it's just something that's just grown since the movie came out Oh man, I I can't. It's hard to 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 fight off uh, misinformation like this <laughs> when it takes on a life of its own and it becomes sort of uh, part of the subculture in a weird way. You know, these become sort of like legends passed on between fans. And, sure. And to dispel them, uh, it's like pulling teeth half the time. It is, and in my and I'm in a unique situation as a as a streamer and a live personality. Like when I try to correct these things, you always have to be careful in a live scenario not to come off like you're being rude or anything like that, or snooty or or a know it all. Because one of my big things about streaming, I've been streaming for eleven years, almost eleven years now. In August oh, to be wow. eleven years, yeah. So I was I was here when when it wasn't even Twitch, when it was J, when it was Justin TV. And oh man. <laughs> yeah. So I've been around, but my one of my big streaming, I guess you would say mantras is always assume somebody is watching you for the first time and doesn't doesn't know anything about you. So I'm always very careful 
when that pops up, not to be abrasive and, and just be like, oh, well, you know, you know, we've heard that for quite a while, but, you know. <laughs> Reminds <laughs> so, me of yeah. uh, that XKCD comic that's like, you know, everybody learns a new fact. Every 10,000 people learn this specific fact every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that might just be one of the 10,000 that learn. Yep, exactly. I've got to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't stream to the kind of audience you do, but I have ended streams over, like, the kind of misinformation talk in my chat, and it's just killed all my energy to, killed, to be able to play. Kills your vibe, like, kills your mood. Just just like, it's like you hear the tires screeching in your head sometimes. Yeah. What Especially, are you talking about? Didn't you know that there are remakes of Silent Hill slash Metal <laughs> Gear slash everything you ever wanted? And oh, my God. Then some? That that was another thing. And see, this is where our communities under Konami intertwine with each other so well, because it almost feels like forever now you'll you'll see somebody pop up on Twitter with with the just trust me, bro source that says <laughs> I want to get that on a mug. Oh, you know, they're they're making a new Metal Gear Solid game. They're making yeah. a new Silent Hill game up oh, Castlevania. It, it's it's and it's just, I tell everybody. I, and it's another one of those things that I try not to get really frustrated with. It was really bad two years ago when the pandemic was really kicking on and everybody was at home and nobody was really going out. And for some reason, I want to say like around this month, May 2020, all of the sites were really kicking up these rumors like Sony was going to license these Konami intellectual properties out. And and the thing is, you don't think about people would constantly come into our chats, not just mine, but you recently had Maxi Lobes on. People would come into Maxi Lobes' channel as well and just be like, oh, did you hear a new Silent Hill games coming out? And, and we would all be like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not official. And I just got to the point where I, I had a button on my soundboard or I had a, I had a channel points redemption on my channel that said, are the new Silent Hill rumors true? And if, whenever somebody would click it, I would just hit a button on my soundboard with like a booming echo that says no, like that. <laughs> it just, it just got to that point. But we, you know, you try to have, you try to have fun with it as, as but like you said, it's, it, it, it just, sometimes it does get in your head a little bit, but you always have to try to stay fun about it. And that's, that's what I try to do. I try not to come off too serious about anything, but man, it does, it does, it does kind of grind on you after a while. Do you think there's a, a a self-fulfilling prophecy element to this where, you know, someday Konami's going to do something who knows what that is, whether it's a remake or a sequel or a spinoff, God knows what, um, do you think that these things will sort of manifest out of the demand that all of these rumors tend to generate? Where I'm worried about ending up is getting to the point where, you know, if something does happen, if incidentally there is a Silent Hill remake someday, all of these guys are going to be like, see, I told you so. 100%. And I, I have articulated that. I said, oh, the reason why a lot of these people do this stuff, they pop up one. I'm not going to name any names, of course, but they pop up once every few months on Twitter. And 
it's like it's like throwing darts at a dartboard and they think oh eventually i'm gonna hit that bullseye okay cover your eyes you throw the dart at the dartboard you're eventually gonna hit the bullseye and so like and i have no doubt in my mind that at some point they are going to do something again i don't know what it's going to be or how good it's going to be whether it be silent hill or metal gear or, or anything else that they own i feel at some point they definitely are going to go back into those waters they'll dip their feet back in it and eventually the, a lot of these people will pop up with the way social media is the when you post something on there it's dead in a day nobody remembers it the next day so they just keep throwing the darts at the dartboard every few months so when it does happen they can they can go back and and they can reference what they said be like aha told you i told you i got it wrong they'll just delete it yeah, I, I 100% believe what you're saying is true there. That's why that's why it's done. And it's we've been we've been waiting how long now? I mean, Metal Gear Survive I think was the last thing that came out 2018. Uh, yep. I want to say that was when was that? That was February in some year. Was it 16 or 18? I I'm sure it's 2018. 17. Yeah. Maybe 17 or 18. Yeah. Was it 18? I didn't even commit it to memory maybe i'm wrong i feel like it was 2018 it was 18 yeah yeah because i remember <clears throat> i remember masahiro ito the designer of pyramid head and so many other iconic things in silent hill did some contract work i read on metal gear survive which kind of interested which is interested and fascinated me but uh yeah it's just the same thing they just they say well well you know the, the I, we hear that this may happen and I, I feel like they just do that so that they can say ha ha I, I i had it i was right when it, when <laughs> it eventually was so happen. fucking smug yeah. like th these people do not take l's like yeah. no matter how no matter how bad it is they never take l's and that, they will spin it that is my huge problem with stuff like that there's just nobody takes nobody takes any there's no there's no repercussions for being wrong about yeah. those things. Except for getting ratioed pretty much. Like it's like every once in a while <laughs> Patch will just be like, Hey, is this you? And like have like <laughs> like post old articles of them calling shit that never happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. So there's the ratio. And even even then, social media, it moves at such a breakneck speed yeah. that you forget about it in a week. There's just no repercussions for being wrong. And I hate that about social media. I don't want to be like an old school fuddy duddy, but I've been on the internet since gosh, ninety-seven and uh it's uh I got into computers really young and and, and was fascinated with technology, but there's just there's just, it just seems like there's no no repercussions anymore for being wrong. So are, are just, you a believer? Are you a believer of eternal September? I, I'm not familiar with the concept. What is it? Uh, okay, eternal September. I hope I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, but from or maybe eternal September, or eternal summer. I'll have to look it up to verify. Um, but it's a term that I've used with folks who um, who um, are sort of into the we're back into computers sort of before it became proliferated culture, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think eternal September sort of refers to, you know, <clears throat> here we go. I just looked at the definitions, probably going to explain it better than I ever could. Okay. Eternal September is a September that never ended. U Usenet slang for a period beginning around 1993 when internet ser service providers began offering Usenet access to many users. The flood of new users overwhelmed the existing culture for online forums and the ability to enforce existing norms. So I guess the term was initially coming from Usenet. Um, and it refers to, from my understanding, it refers to um, the fact that, you know, children generally leave when school starts, right? They they yeah. leave these communities and forums. 
Um, however, you know, because I guess Usenet provided availability for another uh, a larger audience, um, that kind of proliferated. Uh, it kind of caused a lot of noise in the community, and it felt like the children never left. They never left. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm not. I was. I never heard the term, but yeah, that is a concept. 100% I, I stand behind. I'm, I do remember Usenet and news groups back in uh, the mid-90s. So, but yeah, I mean, I, w- I was on this stuff way before it became a, uh, a mainstream deal. And just like those children, I never left either. So I'm still, uh, I'm still around. So I, that 100%. Can we get rid of social media and go back to forums and IRC? You know, we can't. It's Pandora's box. It, like once you open it all the evil escapes and you can't put it back in the box. Yeah. It's like the toothpaste. And I say it so many times, you know, I, I try, I try not to live in the past, uh, especially as I get, you know, as I get a little bit older, try not to live in the past too much, but man, I, I, I tell everybody all the time, not all the time, but just whenever the subject comes up that there was something really, really special about that pre-social media internet in the oh, late nineties yeah. and the early two mm-hmm. thousands. Like it was oh. so Everything was so unique. Everything looked so different. Every forum looked different. Every website looked different. It, everything just had its own style and personality. I could go to like Live Journal and then look up different like communities, and and then I could go over to like the tech TV forums and you know argue with those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's something uh, that I know you all have been into, Enigma. This is just a guess, but do you remember when they used to make those little South Park characters that look like wrestlers? I do. Yep. Yep, sure. <laughs> that was like there was definitely a period of time where that was super popular. It was right? very, very popular. I <laughs> still remember the de- the Degeneration X ones and the Stone Cold Steve Austin ones. Yeah, yeah sure picture in the Stone Cold one right <laughs> now. Yep. That's that's whenever I think of like that old elder period in the internet. That's where my brain always goes to first. Girls had something very similar, but we had the doll creators where it was like these pixelated dolls, and you just click and drag the dresses and the outfits and the hair. Mm. Um, and then you like took a screenshot and made it your avatar. Yeah. There was something that there was something for everybody. Everything web design is like home. It's all homogeneous now. It's just, everything's the same. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that started with Facebook. Cause remember MySpace, you could, you could code your own things and even live journal, like what was just mentioned live journal, everybody's live journal looked different. Like the text, they use the same text, but everybody's looked different. And Justin TV what I just mentioned, when it started, you could have your own backgrounds on the pages and everything. Twitter was like that at first, too. You could upload your own backgrounds. At some point, all this started changing and everything just started becoming looking looking the same and feeling the same, having the same ex- user experience. And but yeah, that, that pre-social media Internet, it was it was very, very special. They'll they'll never be anything like that again, for sure. Speaking of social media and, and sort of dovetailing back to, to Masahiro Ito, uh, he's a character, ain't he? He sure is. Uh, his Twitter at times is not safe for work. He does like to post some very interesting <laughs> art on uh, there. I've had that pop up a couple times. Yeah, you love he to does. see it. You love yep. to see it. He uh, he's very eclectic with his artwork, but yeah, he he certainly is, and that is one of the good things that has come from social media. Is you, you get access to to a guy like that, and you can get some real honest opinions and answers and, and feelings about some things. And one of the things that I don't know if there's some sort of a similarity that all of you have. And if you do, you can tell me with Metal Gear, with a Metal Gear Solid series or Metal Gear in general. But uh, one of the things we like to do with Silent Hill, especially with the older games, is maybe 
we're guilty of overanalyzing things. There's uh, <laughs> Don, oh no, Donna we Bur- don't do that at all. This, <laughs> is, this is kind of the com- like where the co- I wanted this conversation to go. So please keep going. Yeah. So we, we Silent Hill Two is my favorite game of all time. Like it's just it's just my favorite. It's the one that I played it when it came out. It gripped me. I still play it, and it's like I never. It's it's not like I never played it before, but it still is still just an amazing experience. But Donna Burke's character Angela, we like to go. We used to go into all this stuff like, oh yeah, Konami. You know, they wanted somebody. They wanted you know they wanted Donna Burke. She was the only professional real voice actress on the team. They wanted somebody that sounded older to represent Angela's trauma and blah 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 and i think ito went on twitter and was like no that wasn't it we just liked her <laughs> and that was it so we have social media now <laughs> to uh, to have ito correct us when we when we overanalyze some things he just said no we just we just thought she was we just thought she was good for the role there wasn't really anything deeper into that so just funny things like that come up as well i've i've gotta know um it, it, it's not exactly a mystery that Kojima has a cult around him, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to hidden messages and and alternate reality game type stuff. Where he's you know either he, is he dropping a hint? Is he not dropping a hint? Is this part of some <laughs> sort of meta game? Is this not like you've? It's 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 cliche at this point. Everyone knows about that. Um, but but Silent Hill, it, it, you know, I, I assume I've, I've never been really into the Silent Hill community or anything like that i'm a i'm a fan of the games but i never kind of got into the to the fandom for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. Uh, but it never struck me as a community that got you know it's not conspiracy minded you know maybe maybe you maybe there are elements of the community that would read into things a bit too much but it wasn't in the sense of they're playing a trick there's a game going on with the audience like that's that was my sort of read of the community uh to a point would you say that's accurate Absolutely. I've never really seen that either. I think a lot of that has to come from the fact that there was no real, like Kojima is the face of Metal Gear. There's no face that Silent Hill has. Right. So my question then is, was there sort of like a communal sigh when Kojima's name got attached to Silent Hill? Like, oh no, what are we in for? So, um, I'm going to say no, people were actually extremely excited. And the, the reason why is so team silent, the original development crew, they did the first four games, one, two, three, and then the room. And then things started getting weird Went off the rails. It it did. Konami just kind of was like, okay, well, you know, we're not going to have this team anymore. Then they did. They did the arcade game. I forgot about the arcade game. That was the last Japanese developed Silent Hill game was the arcade game that came out. mm, I want to say right around the time the movie came out. And then afterwards, it started getting a little nutty. Now, it's Japanese developed, but it wasn't the team silent team. But Konami Japan still handled it. But after that, it started getting a little wild. Silent Origins came out. (laughs) And and that development is uh, you can there's a lot to go into. I won't I won't go into it. here. Silent Hill paint by numbers. It, pretty much, yeah, and that and th- there was literally a paint by numbers in a in a future game, Shattered Memories, in that one. But uh, I, you could, I I got to come back to that on with you later because I'm a big fan of Shattered Memories. I I I love it for what it is. It's got its flaws, but yeah. Shattered Memories is my favorite of the non main ones. But yeah, to go back to the original question, Origins, Homecoming, 
uh, Shatter Memories and Downpour. And if you want to consider Book of Memories, that weird little dungeon crawler they made, uh, they all argue. There are people out there that like them, but they arguably did not have the same impact that the first few games did. And, and Downpour was a very a very low reviewed game, even for the media that started kind of being kind of kinder to games. I think IGN gave downpour a 4.5 and didn't really, wasn't really kind to it. And it's, it's become a little bit of a meme. It's got its fans, but it's I mean, it's arguably not a good game. Like it's a technical, it's a technical mess. Technical. Yeah. I, I don't see how I, I commend your bravery being able to run that, not even from like a silent hill perspective, but from a technical perspective. Yeah. And one of the, one of the good things is (laughs) Microsoft has done such a great job with their backwards compatibility uh, which also allowed me to play Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, and Peace Walker, by the way. So shout outs to Microsoft for that. But uh, th- they have stabilized downpour where it's not it's not such a, a frame rate travesty and such. But the thing is, downpour was, was the last mainline game that came out and it almost felt like it went out with a whimper. So when, when this PT thing pops up and nobody knows what it, what's going on, and it it becomes it's revealed to be what it is. I remember I was at my old job. I used to work at a call center, and I looked on my phone on a break, and I saw Silent Hills trending on Twitter in <laughs> August of 2014. I'm like, wait, Silent Hills? Like Hills? I thought it was a typo. And then it, I saw what was going on, and then I was like, oh. Oh, uh, and I had a PS4 at the time. So I, I went, I, I was like, okay, when I get home, I gotta, I gotta check this out. And I still have it. It's on my PS4 hard yeah, drive. Don't still. ever delete it. But never delete it. I'm, I'm getting rid of that thing. But uh, I would say that everybody was extremely excited. I don't, I don't really, there's always going to be haters of anything anywhere, uh, but everybody was excited and it may have been a mix of, oh, it's Kojima, or it may have been a mix of, oh, it's not the previous people that were working <laughs> on this. It was a little bit of column A and column B. It was like Kojima is involved. Yay. And it's out of the previous people's hands. Yay. Like it's a little bit of both. Fair but enough, people, yeah. people in general, very, very excited for all of that. Cool. And PT is people still talk about it. People still come into my channel and other Silent Hill channels and talk about it. Like it, it's, it's become this, it's become this legend. And so yeah, people, people were definitely excited about it at the time too, for sure. So just by that point, people were just sick of the current people that were developing it. I don't see, I I feel bad in hindsight because there was a face and I would like to say this publicly. There was, there's a guy named Tom Hewlett who used to be one of the, (laughs) one of the faces of Konami. Uh, And um, he he took a lot of junk and I'll be honest, he took a lot of junk from me too, back when I was a nobody and I thought nobody would ever pay attention to what I have to say. The people have, people have put my video or my clips in uh, recap videos alongside the twin perfect videos of us just kind of railing on him. I feel kind of bad about that in hindsight because he's a good guy. Uh, he, he, he recently, like last year, when one of my, when one of my animals died, he reached out to me and said something really nice to me. And I thought that was very, very oh, mature and very, very cool. So, uh, in hindsight, I feel kind of bad about railing on him. Cause now, now that we know a little bit more about how Konami works, I think, uh, we kind of see, they may have kind of just pushed him out there to take the heat of some things that they didn't necessarily care about. 
But uh, there was a lot of negative sentiment, we'll say, back in the day towards him. So when when things switched over, it was like when when we went from we went from this thing that we didn't like so much to somebody like like a veritable legend like Kojima, Hideo Kojima. It was like one of those (laughs) things. And you know what's so funny? There was. And I'll, I'll mention this. And some people still bring this up to me. Me and my friend, we did a comedy skit on YouTube. It, when, when Tom Hewlett left Konami, we did like a little... The, again, this is a time when I thought no, I was a nobody. I thought nobody would ever care what I have to say about anything. I just wanted to make a few people laugh. We did like a fake press conference of him leaving Konami. But it was all, it was all in good spirit. Like he, We knew he didn't get fired. He left on his own. So we were just having some fun with it. And... And at the end of it, I looked over and I was like, who's going to, who's going to take over Silent Hill now? And, and, and I overlaid the Metal Gear alert noise on the top of it. And (laughs) this was in, this was in like 2013. And it was one of those things where I had read a speculative article that said, oh, well, you know, Tom's leaving Konami. Who else in Konami could take this over? Could Kojima do it? And I was like, oh, that'd be pretty cool. And we just wrote in a little joke at the end. And we both kind of like looked up like, you know, like the guards do. And I overlaid the noise with the exclamation marks and people were like, how did you know? And I'm like, I didn't know. I was just trying to be funny. So it, it was a little funny thing that popped up. That is, uh, wow, that's kind of what Rocco said a few weeks ago. I, I was thinking that. I, like, I'd say give it to talk, Fuji. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh. I hope, I hope talk, Fuji is doing okay. Yeah. Um, I think he just left. Uh, he's working at a new company, and now he tweeted something about it earlier. So he's a... I follow him, but I, I on Twitter, I just I hate to say it, but I don't pay that much attention. He's just yeah. Like, I'm on it. I'm on it a good bit uh, just because I kind of have to be aware of what's going on out there and probably on it a little more than I should be. But uh, yeah, I'll never uh, every time I hear that name, I always think of that press conference, that E3 press conference with him. <laughs> and I think uh, was, was it Devin Shatsky who was like just staring at him right from behind? <laughs> I think it was him. It was such a long time ago. I don't think I would say it was E3 2010. And, it was uh, 2010, yeah. yeah. 2010, yeah. I was because that's when they announced. I think that's when they announced the HD collection for Silent Hill. I'm not quite sure, but uh, I just when you said that name, all those memories of that E3 just flooded back into my brain, and I I do also hope he's he's doing well. You know, as as someone who's more well versed in Silent Hill, I, I do want to ask you just because this is so mysterious to me or or maybe mysterious is the wrong word more. It's so m- sort of befuddling to me <laughs> how something like downpour happens. Um, because you look at the at the previous three major games that were done outside of of. Uh, essentially, they were all done by third parties, if mm-hmm. I remember right. So you had Homecoming, which is sort of like a a well-intentioned misfire in a lot of ways. Yes. That just retreads the same beats that Silent, 2, Silent Hill 2 did, but in a, a more bombastic way. Yep. Like, it didn't quite get why that worked. It just sort of tried to, to walk in its footsteps. Then you have Origins, which tries to be more authentic, but ends up having, you know, rather than having the wrong personality, Origins has no personality. 
Yeah, it, it's just it, it can't it can't it can't decide if it wants to be a prequel or a game about Travis and yeah. that game that game switched developers halfway through and Konami didn't expand the budget or the schedule and it was just I, it's like they followed a checklist of this needs to be in a Silent Hill. Yes, and, and there's inter, there's interviews. I think it's Sam Barlow who wrote Origins. Uh, I do need to brush up on some of this, so I apologize if some of this is inaccurate. But I think it's Sam Barlow who wrote uh, who wrote the story, and I think he was doing an interview and said something like, "Yeah, we were working on this, and at some point we looked at each other. He was talking about somebody else on the dev team and said, "Isn't a Silent Hill game? Oh, I think they were, they took over when they were taking over what the previous team had handed to them." They're like, isn't 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 a Silent Hill game supposed to be good or something Ooh. like just something like that? Ouch. Like, so that that was it was now knowing what I know now about Origins development, I have to I have to give it a little bit more admiration because it it could have been way worse than it yeah. was. So. I mean, Origins I would say is is kind of bland but inoffensive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, yeah. It does. It does some things to the Silent Hill one story that kind of scratches your head a little bit. But yeah. uh, if it had just, I, I, if it had just kind of stuck to Travis and his story, it, w- yeah. it would have been a little more warmer received, I think. But it was just like Travis is here, but the oh, Silent Hill one prequel. They just, I don't know. And, kind of all and over the then place. you've got Shattered Memories, which yes. is is so it's it's so divorced from what you expect from a Silent Hill, but at the same time, it's so damn clever. And it's charming. Yeah, like, it, it is. I don't, I, that, Harry Mason in this, they they called it a reimagining of Silent Hill 1. <clears throat> right. But Harry, Harry Mason is just, depending on how you want to play the game, is so ridiculous. You can play him straight faced. <laughs> you could, you could, he can be, he can just look at all the beer and be like, yeah, I like to drink or, or you can have him be sort of uh, sexualized. I was, and, and I was joking. Uh, I was joking with Maxi. I think after the show, I was like, yeah, it's crazy when you're speed running shattered memories and during the psychological parts, you like just do them as fast as you can. But mm-hmm. the doctor's like, your mother's a whore and your dad loves alcohol. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's, uh, it, there's, it's, there's a lot going on in that it's, one. And it's so funny too, because they, didn't they pitch it as like, sort of a like you said a reimagining of remake of the first silent hill but you know spoiler alert if you have not played this game please skip ahead because it's it, <laughs> if you're listening and you haven't played it and you have any interest play it blind for the love of god mm-hmm. okay so spoiler alert out of the but, way it's before a, you say that i do want to also note that it's faster to look at lisa garland undressing the dialogue goes faster than if you decide not to be a perp. I, I that's, that's just funny. there's something about speedrunning that's hilarious. There is an actual speedrun strat where if you look at her undressing in the mirror, and there's less dialogue and it goes faster. That was absolutely oh uh, one of the best speedrun strategies I think I've ever <laughs> I've ever been privy to. I'm running the wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. On that note. I know we're getting sidetracked here, but when I played, I just recently went through all the Metal Gear Solid games on stream again, uh, and Metal Gear Solid 2 was the only game I had played before, so I was a little more open to people kind of telling me, not not so much ordering me around, but being like, oh, hey, do this, do that, do that, do that, so in the beginning of the game, people in the chat are like, hey, uh, hey, go get in the locker and uh, look at the poster, and I'm like, okay, uh, it had been, it had been, God, 
think I played it in 2002. So everything had kind of left my brain, like small details. I've watched speed runs and playthroughs like the Outer Heaven Network and Three Dog, who I've known on Twitch forever, like 10 years at least. Shout out Three Dog. Yeah, he. Uh, I've watched all their playthroughs, but some things fall through the cracks and that was one of them. So I was like, okay, uh, I'll do this. And then it hits me just how wild these games can get <laughs> uh, you're in the locker and you're looking at this poster of a uh, very good looking woman in a bikini and he starts breathing and Otacon starts yelling at him on the Kodak and the charming the charmingness of the Xbox 360 you get an achievement <laughs> called <laughs> you get an achievement called snake beater and oh, that's right. You do. Yeah. Oh, I was like, I, I just, you know, I tend, one of the things that I, I think I'm good at as a streamer or just as a general personality is I'm, I'm really good at reacting to things as, as they happen. Yes. Absolutely. And, and as soon as that happened, I just stared at the camera blankly for about 10 seconds. And I said, so let's just recap here. The first <laughs> achievement that I have received on Metal Gear Solid 2 HD collection was jerking off in a locker. Congratulations. <laughs> that's Get ready for Metal Gear Solid 2, everybody. So it's par for that was a good for the uh, series, if we're being honest. Yeah, that was a that was a good start. <laughs> it was fun. Well, I saw your uh, your reaction to uh, to Big Boss hopping into the uh, the tank box with Paz, and you just kind of oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that same like, oh, look at the camera. Like, what is this? Like, what are we watching here? <laughs> I knew I knew there had to be a catch to that, so I didn't I didn't. I, I didn't jump to where my brain wanted to go on that because yeah. I knew I was like, okay, there is no way that they could have put this in that tank just starts rocking. And you're like, oh boy, there's no way <laughs> this could be in the game. If, if she is who she's presented as, there's just no way that would have happened. So sure <laughs> and that reaction, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What is happening here? There's always another layer. Then of course later she's like, oh yeah, I'm like 20 something by the way, just so you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When I when I got that when I heard when when that dis, when that came through later I was like oh thank God okay. it's not as like, weird now I guess like I knew Fine. I knew there was a catch I knew there had to be something like you said there was another layer somewhere you, to be revealed you might be trying to steal our mess uh, a weapon of mass destruction but you were legal yeah it <laughs> was it was. <laughs> the ESRB said it was okay. So God. Peace Walker is the most anime of the Metal Gear Solid game. And you know, I was going to skip that one because it wasn't a numbered, it was not a numbered entry. And everyone um, that was really passionate about the series said, no, you got to play Peace Walker. You got to play Peace Walker. So no, that's a good one. Yeah, it's yeah. a full ass game. It almost was a numbered game. There is early uh, production art where the title of the game is written out. They have the logo made and everything. It's Metal Gear Solid Five Peace Walker. I've been skipping it for over a decade. Mm -hmm. And and that's one of the fascinating things that I've that I've gone back and tried to learn as I go through the series is that it was originally, or at least I think Kojima wanted it to be a numbered game. And I think some of the conjecture I heard was Konami didn't want it to be a numbered game, or because it was a PSP yeah, game. Is that, that about is, right? It is conjecture. No one really knows for sure, but okay. that seems to be. Uh, a, a likely uh, scenario. Yeah. 
but it threw me, it threw me off because it was a PSP game. So I thought it's a PSP game. How, how important can this be to the to the series? But I saw it was it was available. Microsoft. I don't know if this is Microsoft or Konami's doing, but they hide it on the marketplace. Now I know Metal Gear Solid Two and Three recently got delisted due to the historical footage, and thankfully I got it before. Like I want to say a month before that happened. Good deal. And. It's, um, I did have the older games. I do own two and three on the PS2, but just for visual clarity. And I heard yeah. the HD collection was, was a lot better than the Silent Hill one. We'll say I was, yeah. I thought it would be yep. okay just to play it on that. But I found that it was on the marketplace. You, you have to search a string of letters. Like if you search metal gear solid, it will not come up. If you search peace Walker, it will not come up, but it is there. You have to search M G S P W H D. And then it comes up. Oh, wow. That's and how it's like listed in the file system. That's so yep. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Oh it's messed gosh. up. But it's there. It's 15 bucks. It did not get delisted. And I was, I was so impressed by that game. Yeah. I could not believe how, how deep that game was, how fun it was. Did How? you get a chance to play with other people? I was about to say, the co-op is one of the best parts of that game. I did not. Uh, I did oh, not. you are missing the best part of that if game. If you want to hop in sometime, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't do a lot of multiplayer things on camera just because I just haven't. And I'm, I'm, I'm admittedly a little untrustworthy of people I don't know. Sure. So yeah. uh, it was just nothing that came up during the playthrough, unfortunately. The, the game was born out of sort of Kojima's desire to, to do something akin to Monster Hunter, uh, in large part because it was a game that his son liked. And his son was never really a fan of Metal Gear mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. So he made this to sort of appeal both to his son and to the to the, you know, the kind of, of crowd that was playing these portable games in groups because Monster Hunter. I mean, it's it's a phenomenon in Japan. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. And and so this was this this has a lot. I mean, there's even an official crossover with Monster Hunter in Peace Walker. Yeah. Uh, did you, you did you get to that part? I like, did. Can you do that part in single player even? Yep. Okay, I did cool. do that. Yep. I was my chat pointed me to it and uh, I said, OK, well, we're done with the main story. I think, well, what was there anything cool you want me to see? So they were pointing me to the Monster Hunter content, which was very interesting. So you fought Gear X? Uh, oh, gosh, I fought something. Probably not. That one's locked. <laughs> it's like a big bird. I was about to say that one. I think you have to have co-op, don't you? You got to work on that one. Yeah, you got it. Well, you you're not going to beat it solo. I don't think I don't know if somebody can beat it solo. I'd love to see it. I think I eventually beat it single player, but it's a lot easier co-op. The there was, OK, there there's was, three. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say there was like one thing that I did because it was near the end of the stream and I was kind of running low on energy, but I did, I did one thing. It was like this bird that was flying around and I was able to beat it on my own, but that was the only thing that I did. It was like, the, I were, think it was the first thing you were able to do. Well, there's three of them. There's three mm -hmm. Monster Hunter-ish uh, creatures in the game. Two of them are from Monster Hunter and one of them's kind of inspired. Um, um, the, the, the two from Monster Hunter are the Rathalos and the Tigrex. I'm sorry, Tigrex. I hate how that sounds. Um, the, the bird-ish one, it's a dragon with kind of a beak. Um, that's the Rathalos. And then, and then the other is sort of like on all fours and it looks sort of like a T-Rex, uh, of sorts. But then there's the Gear Rex, which yeah. is a, an animal, like a living animal version of Metal Gear Rex that you have to fight. 
Yeah, you would probably remember that. That's why I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it is yeah, I, I definitely didn't get that one, yeah. It is so cool. Yeah. Um, hmm. That one's worth well, going back and, and checking out. I was, I was going to say, I, I've kept my save. I've kept it pristine. And uh, there are times when, when I'm kind of done going through. I have a thing on my channel where if you if you redeem a million channel points, I'll play a... I'll play a game that you want me to play at least for one stream. I have like a little opt out and it's like, if I don't like it, I, I reserve the right to not continue. But I had, a, I had a user do that for metal gear solid three. And that's what inspired me to just do the whole series. So I thought, you know what? I've only played metal gear solid two, And I would, I would like to just play all of them. So let's just play all of them. So I, I did all uh one, two, three, four peace Walker and V whether it's five or not. I just call it V because we don't v, care. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> I read some things about that too. So we uh we don't care what our guests say, but us we have a rule. We call it Metal Gear Cinco. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Cinco five. Okay. I gotcha. But uh but yeah, I've kept my Peace Walker save and I do want to go back to it at some point and check out some more stuff because I, I I still to this day cannot believe how much I enjoyed that. For a yeah. PSP game, it was it's- it's just the fun. whole thing was just great. I enjoyed it. The uh, the human slingshot is worth revisiting it alone in co-op. I mean, you just you have to do that move at least once with that game. In co-op, I'm kind of, yeah, yeah, I heard a lot of things about the co-op uh, in, the, in the chat while I was playing it. So it, it, it was also highly recommended. It was just unfortunately something I didn't get to at that time. So you did, you said you played through like the entire Metal Gear series, like all, all the main games. Did you, did you have a favorite or like a least favorite or? I really, um, oh, I see what you, I see what you sent me. The Gear Rex. Yeah, that was definitely, I don't think that's what I, yeah, what I fought. Go back. Yeah. Revisit for that for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. But, um, there was, see somebody recently in my discord asked me to rank the games and I said, you know, I, I, I liked all of them. I would feel kind of weird ranking them because that would imply that there was one that I liked the least, but mm-hmm. I can't really do that. I liked all of them. I was, I was really impressed with how much metal gear solid one held up. I have the physical discs. I played them on my PS three, just through the discs and I couldn't believe how well it held up. I, I'd watched my friend play them way back in the day, but that's that's different than actually playing them. Back in back before Twitch, we we just me and my friends watched each other play games. So that's kind of what prepared me for Twitch a little bit because we would just do that forever for hours on end every day when we had nothing else going on. But I watched him play Metal Gear Solid One. That held up really well. But the one I think really, really stuck with me and will stay with me the most is Metal Gear Solid 3. I went into that game very kind of intimidated by the things that I knew and the gameplay systems that I knew were in there. And I thought it was going to overwhelm me. But for me, it it, it just it was almost seamless. It was it was a really great experience. It was a lot to take in. I can't say that I have fully absorbed everything from all these games in just one playthrough. So I I definitely want to go back and do it again to get some more. Just like I did with Silent Hill back in the day before Twitch. Silent Hill 2 is a game you got to play a million times to get to get to get everything that's going on. And uh, Metal Gear Solid is the same way. But Metal Gear Solid 3 is the one that really, really just kind of stuck out at me. And when it was over, I was just like, wow, that was, that was a game. That was yeah. a game right there. So it really does all come together in that one. Yeah. I quite like it. 
Three's also a lot more self-contained, so it's easier to sort of get into even if you haven't played the others. Yeah, sure. And I didn't know that at first. I just didn't. I just didn't know all that stuff. I I had always respected Metal Gear Solid for what it was, and and Hideo Kojima for what he's done. And I loved Death Stranding when Death Stranding came out. That was the thing. Like I loved that game. I enjoyed it. And I told people when I played, I said, I'm I'm not his target audience. I'm not a Metal Gear Solid player. I I don't have a lot of experience with that series. And I enjoyed I enjoyed PT for what it was. And oh, funny story. I was telling this. I don't know if you heard this or not, but um <clears throat> so PT came out, and you know, then the the trouble with Konami and Kojima happened shortly thereafter, and it was taken off in the marketplace. So the day I love telling the story because it's just a, a funny coincidence. On in April 2015, I had to have stomach surgery. I'd have my gallbladder removed, and it was kind of more rough Been than there, they anticipated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it was a little more it was a little more rough than they anticipated. And I wake up and I'm like, oh, 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 oh. now we we kind of saw this coming, so it wasn't that much of a shock. But that was the same day that Konami officially announced that Silent Hills was canceled. So I woke up from surgery. And saw that, oh, and I'm like, oh, no. boy, what a day. <laughs> Put me back under. <laughs> what a day. But we kind of knew it was coming because they had, they had had a problem with each other well before that. But I was like, wow, what a what a day. But um, Metal Gear Solid 3 was the one, and I didn't even know the storyline of each game, like the whole big boss Solid Snake thing. I wasn't so clear on it like I am now, so I didn't even know that you could play 3 without having playing the others. Cause technically it's the first one in the solid games. So, but it was a, it was a great experience. It's the one that when I got done with, it, I was like that, that right there was a video game. That was a video game. Yeah. Apache feels good about that. <laughs> have you ever considered speed running it? Um, I have not, but I think you've had him on D limes. Uh, yeah. he, he did the finale at AGDQ 2022. I think he he's going to be running. I think Metal Gear Solid 2 at our upcoming event, SGDQ yes, 2022. There are three Metal Gear games coming. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's that crazy. is a that is a packed schedule, and uh, I have not considered it yet. But at the same time, I never thought I would run anything other than Silent Hill 4. And I have recorded times for all eight Silent Hill games. As of right now, maybe I don't see myself leaving the Silent Hill speedrun sphere. But I I really enjoy, I've, I enjoyed watching the Metal Gear Solid speedruns before what I knew. And now knowing what I know, I get into them even more, especially watching D limes on his channel, doing his stuff. And, um, I won't, I won't rule it out. We'll say me and, uh, me and D limes actually, he got into speedrunning because of me posting bad times. And that, that's why he even got into it. We, we got oh, into cool. it like at the same time, like three years ago. And now we're like super close. I'm the best man at his wedding. Uh, awesome. Up soon. <laughs> so that uh, yeah, super I did, uh, awesome. yeah, I was in did that last GDQ. I did MGS2 blindfolded. Um, and I did commentary on his run as well. It is that it's all I. My brain goes a million miles an hour a day, and some things slip through. But it that is all coming back to me now. That's that is that is awesome. That is super cool. It's isn't it great how it's almost like a small world. 
yeah, so yeah. to speak, sometimes. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, I think it was like, that was such a big deal because Metal Gear had never closed GDQ before. And even a few years ago, like Metal Gear was getting submissions, but it wouldn't get runs in like every time. And now it's like, you know, how many runs, like, how many Metal Gear runs are going to get in? Like getting, yeah, getting three, three games in for a series is crazy. I think it's Metal Gear and Revengeance and 2 uh our, our metal gear solid 2 i think those are the three on the schedule and yes. d, d limes is on the last day i think he's on that saturday morning yeah saturday morning yep yeah um uh, and like i was trying to like work out how i could go but i just i just can't go what, oh, do, yeah. what do you think about like um gdq like is it is it is it too soon to go back are you apprehensive about it at all I'm not apprehensive. I under, I completely understand though that people may be. I, I I I was recently at PAX East two weeks ago. It was my first convention or group appearance that I've done since AGDQ 2020 when I hosted the finale for that event. And I thought every I was like, oh my gosh, I everything went really well here. What what, what am I gonna get invited to do now? Hopefully. And I tried to I was hoping hopefully going to expand my hosting ventures and then Fox die happened. So that kind of put the kibosh on that. But I did PAX East mm, it was about two, two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago now. I felt fine at the event. I wasn't apprehensive at all. Um I've had Fox die, but I, I got through it was, it was there horrible. Too. I don't Yeah. <laughs> I, I had I had the OG pre-vaccine ones and it, it had me in bed for can't get it anymore. Yeah. The platinum <laughs> one that goes for a million bucks on eBay. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I had that one. And uh it had me in bed for a week, but you know, I I think you know, not obviously not to spin off too much on another topic, but I think I think we we with the with the thing with the resources that are available to us to help keep us safe, uh, I think it's all right to get back out there a little bit. And obviously, I'm a numbers guy. I watch the numbers and I see if things you know peak and they trend and they ebb and flow. And um, I'm not I'm not worried at all about going back. I think I think this is the right time to give it a shot. And based on how PAX felt. There wasn't a huge problem with people getting sick from packs. There obviously were a little case. There, there were there were some cases here and there, but there were no there was no huge no huge thing that broke out because everything was well enforced. And I know GDQ is going to be well enforced as well for those things. Like that's going to be the thing. Like I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be running Silent Hill Four, and I, I'm going to have you know I'm going to have a mask on. But they, we kind of did a test run of this at packs because I did a, a a show run at the event floor for GDQ and I, it, the equipment is so good and everything just works so well. I didn't even know I had it on. So it's just, yeah, it, was, it'll be, it'll be a thing. So if any, if any of you are running at SGDQ and you're kind of apprehensive about that, fear not. I've already, I've already done a test run of it. It, you won't even know you'll be able to hear, hear yourself fine and your commentators, it'll be a okay, but I'm looking very forward to it. I think, I think we're good to go to give it a shot again. And, uh, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's really awesome. It's coming back, and I was actually curious about you know the N95 masks while you're doing your run, uh, but obviously the the tech is super good at GDQ. They're going to have all that kind of stuff figured out. Yeah, the audio is top notch. Their equipment's top notch. I don't even I didn't even know I had it on. I could hear myself perfectly. So it was uh it was it was totally totally fine. They can just do like a EQ dip at like 300 hertz, and it's fine. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Usually say this kind of thing to Apache, 
but I'm going to say it to you too. It, it, the thought of speed running a game like Silent Hill 4 blows my mind because I can barely play that game normally. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the ghosts drive me crazy in that. Yeah. And they, I am terrible at that game. That, that is the game. It was the first game that I picked to speed run. And the only reason why is because nobody was really doing it. And I wanted something that could help me stand out. This is about, gosh, eight years ago. And nobody was really streaming speed runs of it. Speed running was starting to get very popular on Twitch within like the two years before that. Like Siglemic was blowing up with the with these Super Mario 64 runs. Narcissa Wright was blowing up with the with the Zelda runs. And it was just becoming this huge thing. And, and GDQ was starting to raise a lot of money for their charities on these events too. And it got my attention. I thought, well, you know, this is a lot of fun. I would, I would like to beat games as fast as possible. But I, and me being a Silent Hill guy, I thought, well, okay, I'll do a Silent Hill game. But me also as a prospective streamer that wanted to maybe not so much make a career out of it. That's not really why I got into it. I just wanted to I just wanted people to watch and hang out. And so I thought, okay, well, we'll get people's attention. Oh, well, nobody's doing Silent Hill 4. I'll pick that one. That game kind of screwed with my head a little bit when it came out because it's so <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, I love it's, it. It's so weird. For me, it's, it's like, uh, sorry to interrupt. It's, it's oh, no, like, you're fine. It's like, what if we put a slasher in the Silent Hill universe? How would yeah. that work? And like, Walter Sullivan is like one of my favorite slasher film villains. It's. It's great. I've told people a million times as well, like Silent Hill 4 would make a fantastic movie, fantastic horror movie, even more so, I think, than Silent Hill 2. I know that may be a weird take for some people. No, but I think you're right. Yeah. Silent Hill 4, I think, would be a fabulous horror movie if somebody could could do it right and put it together correctly. But Silent Hill 4 is one of those games that I love, love, love watching people play for the first time on Twitch if they stream it or, or on YouTube if they record it. And I just sit there. I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big believer in letting people find their own way, and I don't help anybody at all. I just sit back and watch, watch everything. Because even if you play that game on easy mode, it is not easy. It's just not. No, they throw it's not. They throw the kitchen sink at you in a lot of corridors, and it is, it is a tough, tough game. And so in the year 2020, when Fox died was really gripping everything and we were all at home, I thought, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to step up here. I have a really, really good community that has supported me for a while and I'm going to step up here and I'm going to learn all the other Silent Hill games or at least just the most popular runs for all the other games. I had started doing downpour. It started as a joke, but then I, oops, <laughs> I got the world record three months later. So that became a thing. <laughs> so. Uh, we're coming kind of full circle here because I did my original question way back, you know, last year was about downpour. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we were touching on, on silent Hill shattered memories and how that is kind of spoiler alert again. Uh, it's not so much a remake or a reimagining of silent Hill one as it is sort of a stealth sequel to silent Hill three. Yeah. Kind in a of weird way in, a, you know? in its own, in its own universe. Cause it does, you know, Cheryl, Heather, whatever you want to call her. Yeah. Uh, is there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to see that. I, whenever I call it a reimagining, I'm, I'm more just so regurgitating the advertising points of that game you. more, more so than what it really is. So, Cause let's be honest. Shattered memories is on its own planet. It's, 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 oh, it's, it its is, own, absolutely. it's its own thing. But, uh, it's, but then you have downpour. And like, I can understand the impetus behind 
Homecoming, behind Origins, behind Shattered Memories. But then I look at Downpour and 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 where that sort of came out of nowhere. And then they say like, oh, yeah, well, we're we're, you know, Corn is doing the theme song. <laughs> and and it's the only one I've never played because I'm I not, just couldn't stomach the idea of it. I am not ashamed to admit I'm a Corn fan. Same, but I am not happy with them being on a Silent Hill game. So yeah, so exactly. They they it, shouldn't be anywhere near that. If I may, I have a you know I'm very vociferous on my issues with downpour, but if there are any things that I will say about it in in a good light, is I think the song that Jonathan Davis did for the game is actually not that bad. And it's even better when you find out the story that Konami nor the developers would give him any information about the game at all that he was constantly requesting them for so that, so that he could write the song. And he ended up having to, according to him in an interview, had to pull up the E3 2011 trailer to get any sort of idea about how to write a song for this game that he was getting oh paid God. to write for. Give me something. <laughs> and he made that he made that song in a weekend because nobody would get back to him, and the song is not half bad for what it is. You and know what? Good for him. And yeah. that song never once appears in the actual game. It's just in the it's just in, it's just in the menus. So if you're if you're worried about that song just randomly popping up at a weird time, don't worry. Does, it's not in the game. It's just in the credits and when you at the press start screen. See, it. I don't know if that makes it better or worse because it implies yeah. that they they only got oh corn for the marketing. God. Yeah, and see that's Why another thing. Why would you? God, there's so much wrong with this. See, that's another <laughs> thing too. It's it's he's not it's not formally credited to Corn. It's just Jonathan Davis. So I don't know what the legal s is behind that. But if you, that is it's not, not how it was marketed, though. It's definitely not, and it's not like the it, for some reason. Okay, so it's like him as the songwriter. He probably got credited alone as that, and then yeah, the recording probably follows under, you know, under Corn. Oh my god. So when when these songs were on the streaming services which for some reason right now they're not. I don't know what's going on. 2, 3 they and 4. They lost the historical reference footage license. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, see here's what doesn't make sense. 2, 3 and 4 are on the streaming services, but Homecoming, Origin, Shattered Memories and Downpour and Book of Memories all got removed around the same time 2, 3 and 4 came back. And, and there's some decent music in those. There, there is. Downpour has some decent music. Um, I don't. I, I always did. Yamaoka have a hand in Downpour at all? He did not. No, he uh, left Konami after Shattered Memories, and he worked on Shadows of the Damned. I think. The, all right, the game at Grasshopper. Was. Right. Yep. And uh, I always think I'm mispronouncing his last name. Uh, Daniel Licht, who did the who did the Dexter soundtrack, he did Downpour and Book of oh. Memories, and he did. He actually did a good job. I think his music is is really good. It's, Mary Mary McGlynn shows up on some of the tracks, but oh, um I didn't know that. See that? Yep, now same. I want to listen to it because she, she does, is her vocals are amazing. She, they did two fan. they did two songs on Book of Memories that are really good. Uh they did a lyrical version of Love Psalm, the Psalm from the song from Silent Hill 2. It's really oh. good. It's really good. Oh, I and didn't they, know that. They did a um they did another song called I think it's Now We're Free that McGlynn sings. It's also great. And she I just, 
uh, Hell Frozen Rain off of Shattered That Hearts. is that right there. That's the best lyrical song I've ever, ever heard in the whole series. I, that's the, I, go ahead. Sorry. I'm excited because I love this talking about this. I'm just saying that <laughs> me, see me too. When you said that, I was like, yes, that, that's the one I hang my hat on. That is the, be- in my view, in my ears, that's my favorite lyrical Silent Hill song in the whole series is Hell Frozen Rain. I love that song so much. I say this as as someone who is not a hardcore Silent Hill fan, so I'm sure this opinion can be dismissed fairly easily. But <clears throat> but it felt to me like Shattered Memories was the I said I think I said this to Maxi Lobes actually when he was on, but Shattered Memories felt like this bookend to Silent Hill in a, in a strange way. Um you could almost look at it as sort of contextualizing this this entire series as just how trauma manifests. Mm-hmm. And and even the music in Shattered Memories sort of echoes previous Silent Hills in a strange way. Um, what's uh, the, the 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 main theme for Shattered Memories? Um, is it it's when you're gone, right? Yeah, that's also. Yeah. Yep. That's you, it. Yeah. That's the name of the song. Consider. Yeah. Maybe I'm reading into things too much here, but if you listen to the lyrics and you look at the title, that song sort of functions as a counterpiece to You're Not Here. Oh, yeah. You're Not never, Here When You're Gone. I've never really thought of that. You're right. Yeah, l- listen to them side by side. Look at the lyrics. They, they almost kind of echo each other. It's kind of strange. And so yeah. I, I really loved that about Shattered Memories. Intentional or not, it just fit for me. Yeah. I, um, I, I can totally subscribe to that. I've never even see. That's the thing about this whole, this whole thing. There's always things like that, that I don't even think about that still pop up to me every day. And that's what makes, that's just what makes the whole thing and talking about it so exciting. Cause you hear, you'll hear something. See, you originally came into that saying that, that, that I may dismiss this because you're not in the fandom, but I hear that and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've, I've never even thought about that. That's actually pretty neat. It's just, that's why it's so great to talk about these things because you hear things you never heard before. I'm gonna, I'm either gonna blow your mind or tell you something you already know. Okay, one of the two. But um, I, you probably know that that somebody in uh, one of the the people in the chat, a friend of the show, actually, uh, brought this up and reminded me of this. Uh, so you know how how. Uh, Yamaoka and McGlynn and 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 I can't remember uh, Joe's last name. Joe Romersa. Yeah, um, they they tour around and they mm-hmm. and they do concerts live, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they even on at one point had a YouTube channel where they would just sort of riff, and it was called a Foggy Place. I don't I know, know if you've Joe, ever seen that channel. I know Joe did. Joe did. I do. Oh, that was his. Th- um, I know he would do solo streams. I don't know if it was all three. I think it was just Joe that did them. Well, look up on YouTube. They've got a channel where the three of them do music together and just sort of jam, and it's called a foggy place. Okay. Uh, for obvious reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever hear their cover of Snake Eater? No. Yes, they did a cover of Snake Eater. It is fantastic. I may have to look that up now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't heard of that, and I'm going to listen to that yeah. when we're done. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. I mean, from from her, her, you know, her vocals in the Silent Hill tracks to her performance as the major in Standalone Complex. I mean. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. I, 
Uh, I just I I love it when I can pick out her voice. I'm just like, oh, that's her. I'm, I'm yeah, just, I love it. In the in the very beginning of Downpour, there's like this thing that plays, and you 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 she doesn't she doesn't sing. There's no lyrics, but you hear her humming like doing a chant with the oh man with the song. It's like ah, there you go. That's that old familiar Am I voice. Have to play this now, damn it! <laughs> Don't make me do it. It's it's a it's a long game. It's a long game. I've heard you, that. It's like it's got a ton of side quests, I guess. Yeah. The, the, it, uh, oh, I, and I recently saw something that was so poetic about downpour, about the side quests and essentially how worthless they are. It, it's the exact antithesis uh, or excuse me, not antithesis. It's the exact definition of a game of the era when your big draw to doing a side quest was simply unlocking an achievement. Like that's, that's pretty much what it boils down to. You don't really, you don't really get anything from those side quests and the stories that go yeah, within I've heard them that too. Yeah. They don't really have anything to do with the guy you're playing as. And it's just kind of like, Hmm, what's, what's this about? So, so isn't that sort of like antithetical to silent Hill? Okay. This, this actually dovetails into another question I had for you. And I, I think I asked Maxi Lopes this too, but I'd like to get your perspective as well. Okay. You, you did um, ask him, but you were also like, you just joined us and you weren't really like, we didn't record it. So, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I remember now. Okay. So I love that. You know what I'm going to ask too. Um, <laughs> Silent Hill one was very straightforward narratively, you know, sure. it, 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 more or less, you'd say, you know, like it's, it's crazy town with a crazy call guy with his daughter. I mean, there's obviously more symbolism and depth to it than that, but it's not leaning into the psychological aspects as heavily as two did. Two is very psychological, very metaphorical, very allegorical. Um, you know, everything has two meanings. Yep. Um, do you personally feel like silent Hill two sort of ruined the rest of the series because it set a precedent that nothing else could follow? Hmm. Good, good question. I don't know. I don't know if I would say ruined, but it three def- tried to like split the difference, you know, it definitely, definitely did. And I think Silent Hill four suffered a lot more than three did because of that. Everything. See, that's the thing. When you, when you make something like that, it's almost like, where do you go from here? Well, yeah. if you're at the top, the only place you go is down, but you just kind of have to, not go that far low, but I wouldn't say ruined, but they really did set a high bar. And so when people, one of the things that really gets me about silent Hill two in a good way is the symbolism. Like you said, everything's got a double meaning. Everything's got something going on with it. The, the enemies in silent Hill two, every single one of them, they've got some sort of representation to something right. going on. Silent just Hill, a bunch of penises. Bingo, a bunch of slurpers, a bunch of things that don't really matter. Well, and on three, wasn't there like this original plan for the story that didn't manifest, I guess, either because it was too controversial or because they had to shift develop. I've heard conflicting things about early development on Silent Hill three and what the story was originally going to be like. It was going to get into sort of like teenage fears a lot more. Yeah, I I, I will say uh, just to kind of step in for the feminine perspective. Sure. Um, I will say that I, I, I absolutely, as a teenage girl, when it came out, I, I did feel that sort of feeling of being small and vulnerable. Um, there's always like when you when you're a girl, there's there's always this feeling of like, um, 
just just there's there's always this additional vulnerability being um having sort of a physical disadvantage um and i think that that was exhibited well like i you, you like you joke like it's just penises it's i, I get that but um <laughs> you know some of the enemies out were like more thoughtful than dicks okay um well, I'm that's fair. Of, yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I uh, I'm trying to think of in particular one that really stuck with me. Uh, I forget its name, but the really big bulky guy. You you see you start seeing them pretty early. The one with like the huge two arms. Yes. Those would be so. Those are repurposed enemies from Silent Hill Two, because in Silent Hill Two they used to show up under these fencing grates i think they were called yes, mandarins in silent hill 2 yeah. and in silent hill 3 they were called closers and they just function different instead of basically climbing monkey bars they just kind of walked on stilts um i'm thinking of this one you may be thinking yeah, of that one the uh the ins- let me see here in the chat in the chat uh yeah. this one yeah i'm on the wrong monitor hold on if you go to live, ch- oh, that, yeah, I was thinking the wrong one. That, that, when I talk about like that feeling of, you know, feeling in a, being in a precarious place and having that sort of feeling of vulnerability because of a ah, physical disadvantage. The I insane, think, the insane cancer. Yes, yeah, the insane cancers. Yeah. I felt like that was such a good like manifestation of that fear. Um, so I, I only give that example just because, you know, I, I want to say that from a a female perspective that really stuck out for me. Yeah. And that's quite a conflict from the, from the character that you're playing a teenage, teenage girl. And then you see this big, like NFL linebacker figure (laughs) almost. So yeah, I, I just remembered another one too. Another sort of physical metaphor, um, is at the end of the game when, um, not particularly, you know, everybody talks about the part with like the the the, the transfer of the fetus, if you will. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, yeah. the gestual, yeah. the GI issues that those two those two ladies have. My goodness. Yeah. Um, but not that particular part, but the part where, you know, after Claudia swallows the fetus thing, she goes into that sort of metal grate and it just sucks her in. And then that metal grate just like tears apart. Um, that is not to get too graphic, but that, that was such a good, you know where I'm going with this, right? That was such a great physical manifestation or symbolism of some of the fears that we have with our, with our bodies when we do decide to have children. Absolutely. Yep. So with a name like insane cancer, is that supposed to refer to like, you know, an uncontrolled growth, for lack of a better word. Yeah, po- I mean, possibly because those enemies, I mean, as you can see in the picture, they they are growthy, we'll say. Definitely their upper bodies are and uh, definitely could be. And the thing is, though, with Silent Hill 2, to go back to that original question, did Silent Hill 2 set the bar too high? Silent Hill 2's enemies have such great connections like the enemies that like basically puke like that's mary being sick yeah. and stuff like that this the you know the the the, the line of the ones that almost look like you know the and the mannequins you know the mannequins they show up because james is james is thinking of what he wants versus reality so silent hill 3 does have those little pieces they're admittedly a little more vague 
I would say, than Silent Hill 2s are. But then Silent Hill 4's enemies are just, <clears throat> I don't, I can't, even my brain can't tell you what some of these are. Like a dog that makes cat noises. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, well, it seems um, like a lot of it's just <laughs> shock value. And that's where I was going to ask, like, is this what you meant by Silent Hill 4 sort of suffered for this more than 3 did? Like, three oh, tried to, yeah. 3 tried uh, to sort of ride the line between it's about the cult and it's about the psychology. And then 4 is just like, you know, Days put it beautifully. It's a slasher. Yeah. Three definitely tried to go back to a little bit of what Silent Hill 1 did while trying to keep the magic of Silent Hill 2, and it is a little bit of a mishmash. Silent Hill 4, though, and and to go back to what you're talking about, like the beginning of Silent Hill 3's development, I've heard a lot of things like that, too. Some of it I'm 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 just gonna say is conjecture. I don't think we'll ever really know. There okay. was also some people saying that Silent Hill 3 originally was con- was conceptualized as a rail shooter. I've heard I, that too. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe so, at some point somebody said it, but I don't know. So what is the giant uh, Eileen head represented <laughs> in Silent Hill? 4? I always oh. thought that was representing like you want to spy on this girl. How does it feel now, bitch? Oh, that's good. Yeah, and 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 oh, like that's really good. If you listen, she is kind of making almost sexual noises. It's like it's like she's moaning and stuff. It's like a mix between that and pain. It's hard to it's hard to discern because she'll do one thing and then it just I don't know. There's a lot of things happening. I can't really give you a lot of symbolism on that, but I but I I can give you a funny story on that. So I was playing that game the real first- quick before you before you get into it. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. No, you're good. But it's funny that we're talking about this because uh, you can fingers. You can cut this part out. Um, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to post an image that we did for an episode ages ago. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's relevant it, yeah. to this conversation. It was one of the thumbnails for our episode um, that I think you're going to get a kick out of. Okay. Um, let me let me find you it real it? quick. I'm just going to. Yeah, there I've got it. it. I'm just going to post the wallpaper version without the without the logo on it. Well, no, no, I've got, I think I got the, the one here. Okay, here we go. Um, because this was around the time Silent Hill 4 came out, uh, on PC. This was our, our, I'm going to, I'm in the wrong window here. I'm going to post this in the, uh, in the live chat. This was our 17th episode and this was the thumbnail we did. It took way too long to Photoshop <laughs> this. Yeah, that's a tough one because he's always standing in the middle and stuff. So it's hard to get a hard shot. But that's awesome. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, sir. Oh, no, Go you're ahead. great. And I just had to show you that. Yeah, I, I love I love seeing things like this with what people do with a big giant <clears throat> Eileen head. When I played this game for the first time, I got I got Silent Hill 4 the day it came out in, in the United States, September 9th, 2004. And over the weekend, I didn't beat it in one night. I'm a very slow. If any of you watched my Metal Gear Solid playthroughs, you know, I go through the I go through new games very slow. I'm 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 a speed runner when I want to be. But when I don't want to be, I'm the exact opposite. I'm the anti speed runner in casual playthroughs. This may blow your mind, but we actually play games normally for the when we play them for the first time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes I, I forget. I start Sometimes. by speed running. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, so I had some friends over that weekend because the day it came out was on a Thursday, 
and everybody had normal school schedules. It was in college at the time. So the weekend came around. We were all free. I had some friends over that Saturday night. And at that point, we were at that point of the game in the hospital where you go into all those random rooms, which is an amazing speed run part of the game because it's all <laughs> randomized and it's uh, chaos. I love when you get to that part when I'm watching. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like I feel compelled. Because when I was a kid, I wanted to be a game show host, so I almost feel compelled to turn it into a game show. It's like R one, R R one, R two, you know, stuff like that. But one of those rooms is where the Eileen head is, and I had two people sitting on the couch with me. I was in the middle. I had a friend on the right, and I had a friend on the left. Now the guy on my left. He wasn't like big, but he was tall. He was tall and skinny, but he was tall. He was like six foot five or six foot six. He was a tall, he was a tall guy. And not really knowing what I'm getting into, I run into that room where that head is. And when you run into that room, the camera is looking at Henry as he goes into the door. So it's facing the door. And as soon as you hit a certain point halfway through that room, the camera just, it just switches and boom, there's the Eileen face and I'm running full speed. <laughs> My friend on the couch to the left of me, he freaking levitates off the couch <laughs> and he, fl he flies over the, this, this big six foot six guy. He's just like, Oh my God. And like, just falls over the left side of the couch. And I'm like, dude, you're, are you all right? He's like, I was not expecting that. And that gets everybody when they don't know it's so why I love Twitch. Why I love live playthroughs. I love watching people play this for the first time who don't know. So I'm so adamant that people don't spoil anything because those moments are just, they're, they're great. But I, that was the, that was the first time I ever saw that. And it was, it was wonderful. Very important question for you real quick. Yes. Eileen headroom or mirror room. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> Eileen it has to be Eileen. No. Yeah. Sorry. <sighs> or, or, or no, or pyramid head through the, the grates. Oh, God. See, here's so to talk about all three, the Eileen head room, it, it's one of those rooms that gets you at first, but then like nothing, nothing else really happens. And you just kind of realize it's a gimmick a little bit. Just it's one of those little random rooms. But the the blood room in Silent Hill 3, you hear that little <laughs> that crinkle noise oh. and, and the blood. You see the blood coming down Heather in the mirror, but not in not in reality. And you're like, what not is going yet. on here? <laughs> and then you can't leave the room. And then you're like, what is happening here? But that first that first instance with Pyramid Head, when you just see him and he's just he's just standing there. He's not he's not doing it. He's just standing there. You can't get to him. He can't get to you. He's just standing there watching you. And you turn the flashlight off and he's just got this red glow red, on The him. red aura. Yes. Yeah. There was the something about glow. that. I, I swear. I don't know if this is true. And I'm and I'm, I've just been this has been in my or this has been in my head. But it was like it was almost if like they just made the 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 the, the model still. Like there was no animation whatsoever. If if there is any, it's very slight. I haven't really taken a peek at it in a while, but yeah, he's just standing there. Nothing, nothing happening. Then you go into that room and then you go back out and he's gone. And then you're like, uh Oh, yeah. this guy's loose. This guy's, this guy's somewhere around here. <laughs> I cannot stand how they have flanderized his design over the years. And that see, okay. So that you talk about Sound Hill 2 setting the bar. So Sound Hill Homecoming, 
Sonho Homecoming is the game that is just, it is so close to being on that level of the other games. Homecoming is a game, a, it's a fun speed run too, because it's just so broken. But, but then its that twist game, is just Silent Hill 2. Pretty much, yeah. Then they, they just dump everything at the end, and it's like, oh, instead of, you know, obviously, again, spoilers, I'll give you a moment to tune out <laughs> if you don't want to hear. But uh, Silent Hill Homecoming, Silent Hill 2 is, oops. Wife's dead. Silent Hill Homecoming. Oops. Brother's been dead the whole time. And it's, it's, a, it's your just, fault. Yeah, and it's your fault. It's the same thing. It's like the same thing. And before that, you're like, oh my God, what is, what's happening here? And blah, 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 blah. But then it just turns into half-baked Silent Hill 2 and Pyramid Head is in that game. Although they never call him Pyramid Head. They call him the Boogeyman. But it's Pyramid Head. And it's like the movie design Pyramid Head. But they don't ever explain why he's there. You don't ever fight him. He's just there. And he's, it's just, I'm, it's just bizarre. As someone that hasn't really played the games, like you said, it turns into like half-baked Silent Hill 2. And I, <laughs> I took it as like, it turns into the movie half-baked, but like a Silent Hill 2 version. <laughs> yeah, and right. I was like, hmm, <laughs> I wonder how that one turns out. <laughs> Pyramid Head sneaks out weed from Silent yeah. Hill, his Silent Hill job. You it's could like, just you know, tell Pyramid, I'm Pyramid Head, I'm Jamaican man. <laughs> right? If Pyramid Head took his mask off and it was Jim Brewer, I mean, maybe that would have made more sense in Homecoming. Maybe it would have. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. So didn't happen. But yeah, God. but um, killing your brother's not a sin. I used to kill my <laughs> wife for cover. I'm sorry. Cut that out. It's a great movie. <laughs> Bob would have liked that joke. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I have seen that one. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Absolutely. Absolutely. Seriously. Everyone on my stream, they all know, they all know I don't really watch a lot of movies, but I've definitely seen that one. But um, I'm guessing you've seen Mas either Masahiro Ito's tweet about wishing he hadn't designed Pyramid Head or you've seen SilentHill.com. <laughs> yes. So SilentHill.com. So, okay. So circling way back to when this whole thing, when this thing started, when we started talking a while ago, you mentioned, you know, the Silent Hill rumors. Well, one of my big things was one of my big pieces of evidence that none of this is really happening. I always said, hey, go to SilentHill.com. And tell me if you think they're ready to make a game. Because if you went to soundhill.com, it was blank. It was like a domain company that said, oh, this URL is for sale. And it was for sale for $10,000 or something close to that. It was like 9000 or 10000 or something. But I was like, if they're making a game, why don't they have the URL? Why, do, why, do, why does Konami not own soundhill.com if, if they're making all these games in secret development? There and are that laws almost, that protect domains uh, that are based on trademarks. Um, they could hire a lawyer and have that back in a weekend if they cared. Possibly. I don't see. Here's the thing. I don't know. I legit don't know. Maybe you do, or, or maybe yeah. some of you do, but uh, if, how does that work though? If they're, if they're, I know they have okay. operations in America, but their headquarters are in Japan. Would they right. be able to pull that off here? They, yeah, or would they, that have they to did, go through Japan? No, they would probably be able to do it here. Um, there are basically laws in place for domain registration to protect people from like squatters. I, yeah, to protect against squatting, specifically with regards to like people buying domains for pre-existing businesses or celebrities or things like that, and then 
you know, essentially just just trying to to upsell them. Like, hey, if you want the domain for your name, you're going to have to pay me or for your business. And so there I, I don't remember the name of the of of the, the the legal statute for this, but there are protections in place for trademarks uh, where if you own a trademark and you can basically prove uh, that someone else has gotten that name with the intent of exploiting that. Uh-huh. that popularity you can or you can get a court order to get it back okay and 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 so i mean they could absolutely get it back and it's not just silent hill metalgear.com and castlevania.com are the same way <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so that even that provides even more evidence that they don't really have any plans to to necessarily do anything if they could just snap their fingers and get it back um you know they could but yeah, that was always my big thing about that. And then somebody snapped it up and put the the Ito tweet where he said he wished he hadn't designed Pyramid Head on it. And that's all that shows up. So it was a part of me, and I'll admit, I wasn't that brushed up on, on what you just said. There was a part of me that thought, hmm, would it be worth it for me to buy that URL and just have it redirect to my Twitch channel? Would it be worth it? <laughs> you I may guess. have a lawyer knocking at your door or something. Yeah, so I'm kind of glad I didn't do it because I was a point. There was a point where I was seriously thinking about it. I I saw the price tag, but I thought, you know, you gotta, you know, the old phrase, you gotta spend money to make money, and it might get people that don't even know what Twitch is into my into my little uh that, environment i wish you did that that would have been, that that's so funny that would have been even worse though because if you would have been using i could see there i'm not a lawyer obviously but hypothetically i could see some lawyer making a case to say well you used their trademark to drive traffic to your uh monetized content which means that you were making money off of their name Possibly. And that open that could open you up to a whole world of trouble. Again, I'm not Possibly. a lawyer, uh, yeah. but, you know, I, I don't trust lawyers. And truth be told, if, if 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 I had done that and they would have knocked on my door and said, hey, what's up with this? I would have been like, you can you can have a bit. I wouldn't have been like, oh, you got to pay me. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I would have just been like, OK, yeah. you you here you go. We had our fun. You can contact have me if you'd like this taken down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I would have been amenable to that. It wouldn't have been a big deal. It would have just been funny, but I ultimately didn't feel like it was redirected it was just... to residentevil.com. <laughs> yeah, honestly, see, I that'd wish... have been the real the real shots fired on that one. I wish but, uh, that would have been so fucking funny. <laughs> that would have been pretty, pretty good. Didn't they oh, actually they did that at one point, something like that. They didn't like before he put up Ito's tweet. It was like a picture of Lady Dimitrescu next to Pyramid Head saying, like, she's taller. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do recall that now. Uh, like, the the height discussion, yeah. I remember something like that going yeah, around. Think, Maybe that, that was on the URL. Donor. Was it on it before? Yeah. <laughs> I do recall that picture now. Because they made a big point to say Lady Dimitrescu is nine feet six inches tall. And so Pyramid Head was only certain amount of height i don't remember what it was but yeah i totally remember that comparison picture now that's for the uh i wish that was me crowd but yeah we're all good yeah yeah for sure 
Yeah. That in Capcom knew exactly. Yeah, they knew exactly where, what market they, they were, were tapping with into crown. with that. Yeah. Resident Evil 9 is going to be a trip. I was 100% it, it, part of Lady Demetrius step on me crowd. 100%. Yeah, so yeah you, but you, you knew were, that whole time she was going to have a second form. It was just it was just a feral Twitter moment. Uh, I, I, just like the way that Mr. X was memed when um, the remake came out, I knew that like she was like she was mostly a meme. I was like, okay, yeah. this is the first, this is the first disc boss. Yeah. If you sure. don't love and me at my eldritch abomination, you don't deserve <laughs> me at my big titty vampire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you know, they still haven't released any village uh, DLC. And I'm wondering, it's I'm wondering me. if, wonder if they'll have something about her and that. Cause I'm kind of, it's still pretty tight lipped on what's happening with that. What, so. uh, what happened to reverse? <laughs> Who? Uh, I, 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 your guess is as good as mine. I, I have no earthly idea. I know they had that beta that came out. People were kind of cold on it, and then it got delayed. And what happened said, to oh, What happened to Resistance? Resident Evil moment. Yeah. Right. See, probably the same answer to both questions. So, Resistance was very coldly received, and Reverse. I think the Reverse was supposed to come out with village or there was a beta that came out or at some point, then they said, Oh, we're going to delay it till 2022. And dude, I I bought village for PS five on day one. I never redeemed the reverse code. Really? Yeah. Yeah. uh, And and we don't talk about the resident evil three remake. I I, I actually hot take. I actually really enjoyed revert resistance for all like two weeks. It had an active community. Yeah. I never, I never touched, <laughs> I never touched uh, my code for reverse either. God bless. I did. I played, I think, two or three matches of reverse, and that was about it. I was like, okay, I think I've made my decision on Resistance could have been, like, it could have been good. Resistance is, or was attempting to be, I guess, their answer to Dead by Daylight, or their attempt to kind of cut into that, and it didn't work, but the people... The people I know out there, and maybe it's a small amount of people, but they want ports or remasters or something of the PS2 games of Resident Evil Outbreak. Those are the ones. Yes. Resident Evil Outbreak was a game, you know, you all know it came out way before its time. PS2 had broadband capabilities, but it wasn't really promoted like, like Microsoft did with Xbox Live, but Outbreak, it, it came out before it was really, came out of the oven before people were ready to eat, so to speak. Yeah. And, but now people see people stream it on Twitch and you have to go through all these really wild methods to get it to work. And it's to so get, interesting to, to play it, with people. But yes, it is fascinating. And we're, everybody just sits here. And of course, I'm more of a Silent Hill guy, but I'm very in tune to horror just in general. And uh, Resident Evil, because I watch a lot of Resident Evil streamers, and everyone's like, "Why? Why do they keep messing with Resistance and Reverse? Where is Outbreak? Why don't they just re- remaster Outbreak and call it a day?" That's what Dude, that's what people Resistance seem to want. Could have been Outbreak. It almost felt like they started it out like that, and then just was like, "Oh well, you know, Dead by Daylight is a thing," and at the time, Friday the Thirteenth was a thing too, and they were like, "Well." You know, we could it's, we could try this. I, I, really, but I, I think no, I have an answer to that. Sorry, Apache, yeah. go ahead. I, I just really, I've always felt this way about Resident Evil. I feel like they really strongly have all the pieces there to make, like, such a sick multiplayer experience. And I think that they have 
all the right stuff already to do it. They've just never been able to put the pieces together and make a product that that could be as good as as what it should be. Like they've they've always failed to deliver on those experiences. They try, keep yeah. trying to build in monetization models. That's a big part of it. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You get you get you get marketing. You get marketing putting their hands in everything, and they said, "Okay, well, we got to have this, and it can't just be a pure gameplay thing." And you have to toe the line. And yeah, like you said, can't. It, they haven't been able to put the pieces together and hopefully one day they do or they can because see there was a DLC in Resident Evil 7 the the tw- the card game 21 and I, I I absolutely loved that the few times that I would stream it on my channel I I could turn that into a game show like experience and there are highlights that we made of that and people were all into it and stuff so even on a smaller scale, if they took that and just had a online PVP element on that 21 card game, I guarantee you there would still be people playing it because it was just exciting. It was different. It was every game was different. Every match was different. It was it was exciting. And they couldn't even they they wouldn't even do that. So I just I just don't know. I just Much don't like know the what they're everything's just the same now. Yeah, it is. And it's unfortunate, but. They just had it. I, I played 21. I said, I want this online. I want to play against real people. I want live matches. They just, they, they didn't do that. And they have got, they've got the pieces. It's just, haven't put it together yet. I know we've, uh, we've gone on kind of longer than what we usually do, but there is something I really wanted to ask you about Enigma. And I guess it's kind of, kind of personal to me. I want your perspective on it. Um, you're doing Silent Hill again. You did this run in, in 2017. I think it was right. Yes. Yep. Um, since since I did my first run at GDQ, like I I don't think it went poorly or anything, but I have like a lot of like a lot of things I go over in my mind about that run. And I think if I got the chance to do it again, there are so many things I would do differently, and just just things I'd, I I want to show better. Do you have that same feeling about that run? Um, I do, but in a in sort of a different way. And I'll kind of talk about that. That's a really good question. And so my life was a little, this isn't so much gameplay, but sort of me, but it's on the same plane as what you're talking about. So my life was a bit different five and a half years ago. I I had a full-time job that I didn't like, and I had never traveled on a plane before. So there's all these little things happening. And I'm, I got I got into the event the first time I ever tried to get in to GDQ. Uh, I got accepted, so I was like, "Oh, okay." I, it was just right place, right time, because one, two, and three had been on the show, but four never had, and so it was like, "Okay, so on who four. So I'm thinking, "Okay, I'm gonna travel, uh, but I have to. I can't get off work <laughs> the day before, and they put me on the first day, so I was like, "Okay, okay, okay." I'm really, really, I'm gonna be really, really exhausted because my run's not till two a.m. and there's no way I'm gonna be able to sleep with this kind of this nervous energy that I have. And I was very nervous. I know I come off very confident now. I was very, very nervous and unsure uh, and anxious back in those days. So I did all that and I'd never flown before. And I found out the hard way that I have a unique set of sinus cavities that does not like when planes descend. So when the planes descend, Ah. when the plane descended in Washington, DC, it felt like somebody was poking me in the back of the head with thumbtacks and my ears were not popping to match the air pressure and I could not hear anything. I, everything sounded like, 
like that, it was, I couldn't hear anything. Ah. And in my head, I'm like, what's going on? I have to play this game tonight on this channel and just, just a mess. Just, just the brain soup. It's, it's going wild. And thankfully I got on the stage, warmed up, did my thing. I can't, I can't even recall the first five minutes of what I did, but then after five minutes, I, I kind of tuned back in. I kind of tuned back in and I thought, okay, okay. I'm instincts are taking back over. I'm, I'm, I'm good with the camera. One of the things people told me about that run that I didn't really think about in the YouTube comments. And when I went back and watched a live chat and back then, if you knew GDQ chat back before it was sub only, it used to be, (laughs) it was brutal if they didn't like you. It was not marketable (laughs) at all. They had to nip that shit in the bud. I had to tell my mom, I'm like, don't look at the chat. Just watch the video. Don't (laughs) look at the chat. It was just, it's just, it was uncontrollable. uh, They've done a good job moderating it now, but I go back and I thought, okay, well, you know, if they don't like you, you're going to, you're going to hear it. But uh, one of the things people said to me was that I, I, I made, I constantly made eye contact with the camera, the camera that's above the monitor. I always looked at it and this is an instinctual thing. And I think that was one of the only things that maybe kind of saved me. Cause at the time I would do all these wacky voices and I still do them, but I, I couldn't do them because I couldn't hear myself talk. It was uh, all yeah. muffled because of the sinuses. Like I'll do the Hank Hill voice and stuff like that. And I did that one time and I couldn't hear it. Mm. And I had all these plans like I was going to talk like David Hayter on the run, but I couldn't hear myself talk. So I couldn't do all that. I couldn't do a lot of the fun things that I wanted to do. Like the, the run itself wasn't that great either, but we had a good time. And I feel like that's just what people are watching for. So my life is a bit different now. I'm a lot more confident about my abilities, you know, to make people feel good, to laugh, to be entertained and forget about things for a little bit. Over the five and a half years, I've picked up some tricks here and there. Obviously, I, I'm, my personality is a lot more boisterous with the, with the jackets and all the stuff where you can spot me in public very, very easily. I got blonde hair now, which was originally just supposed to be a joke, but I ended up loving it, so I kept it. And... I have a lot of things now that I've evolved in terms of not just a gamer and a speedrunner, but just an overall entertainer and trying to make people, you know, feel good for a little bit of time a day that I can, I feel like I could do that a little bit better now on a live stage while showing people, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at video games too. watch this and mix it all together. So just as an overall presentation package, I have always wanted to get back on the stage in person. I love the online events. I'm proud of the online events. We, we set a record at AGDQ 2022 with like nearly yeah. $3.5 million. It was unbelievable. Huge. So uh, I was extremely proud of that, even though I was moving that week and couldn't really pay attention to, to the event as much as I wanted. I've always wanted to come back to a live show and even with the with the facial coverings, which I support, by the way, but even then, it's like you can't it's, it, you can't see like my face. So I, it's going to be a challenge to 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 speak with my eyes, so to speak, and my body language, and just try to have a lot of fun. And I've always wanted to go back and just take the entertainment aspects that I've developed on Twitch over the last five and a half years, and just get back and do that one more time. And be able to actually hear myself talk without pin cushions in the back of my head and, and be able just to have a little bit more fun. So 
Um, and the run, the run itself is is a lot more advanced. I think we've cut, God, the the record holder Matt Gale. He's he's down, he's got that thing down to forty five and a half minutes now. I couldn't even fathom those times back in the day. Mine's like forty eight oh two. That's my best time. And so it's, um, it's amazing what can happen in five years to a speed. It's crazy, here. but it's awesome you guys because are wizards. They, they put they put a Konami popped up out of nowhere a year and a half ago with a port of Silent Hill 4 on the GOG game service just yes. out of nowhere. And 10 we bucks. were we were also at that same time celebrating uh, MGS one and two MGS one and a row, actually. Yeah. And two uh, getting on GOG as well. Yeah. And Metal and, Gear one out of nowhere. Oh, weird. yeah, that too. That was yep. really weird. It was it was awesome. Give us Metal Gear 2, you cowards. I want, you know, go to just steer away. Uh, I was going to mention that Silent Hill 4, all these new runners have popped up, especially outside of America, which is awesome with a new GOG port. But the thing that as I delve into Metal Gear Solid and kind of take a look at things and I reflect upon how how great it was that Microsoft has built a, a backwards compatibility environment that allows people to play Metal Gear Solid, or did, allowed people to play Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, and Peace Walker so easily. Metal Gear Solid 4 is trapped on the PS3 with no PS with no PC port, and that's, that's very frustrating. I hope at some point that something can happen to free... Metal Gear Solid 4 from the PS3 <laughs> and get a something like I don't think they get enough credit for this but when when they put the uh MGS3 port on the Series S and X it was broken it used to crash on bike chase like 95% of the time and they really? patched it they fixed it like awesome. so like that's probably the latest patch like Metal Gear Solid 3 has ever received but like not only did they did they stick with this backwards compatibility but they're also making sure it works that's pretty awesome. I did not know that. So that's that's super cool. Just so you know, if you've got MGS3 HD, you also have Metal Gear 1 and 2 for the MSX. So I have the digital version. I don't have the disc version. That's fine. Is it not on there? No, they're on there. It should they're be built there. in. Yeah, yeah. They are. are they're they on, on there? there? They're, on there. Yeah, they're just on the start screen. It says you got to go to like the bonus menu, right? No, yeah, no, it just says something. literally on the start no. screen, it says Metal Gear, and you just press it. It's like, literally, it'll say like new game, load game. It says Metal yeah. Gear as well, and you just it's press it, and it in, loads the game. Yeah, it's in MGS3. I think I, I yeah, okay, it's within, uh, okay, if it's within Metal Gear Solid 3, I think my chat told me about yeah, it. Yeah, you gotta launch like, that first, was, but. Yeah, this was like seven, six or seven months ago, For, too, so. Uh, you got a, you got a nice PC? <laughs> I do, yeah, I got a chonker, yeah. Get, emulate it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Metal Gear Solid 4 runs pretty well on a chonker PC yeah. with, with, with that the, emulator. With the right build, yeah. yeah. It can, it can yeah. run pretty good it's in certain there. spots. Yeah, NASA supercomputer, but, yeah. yeah. And that's a, we were talking about downpour <laughs> earlier. Like, Sonal Downpour also runs kind of okay on that emulator too, the PS3 version. And the funny thing about downpour is speed running it, uh, you can't skip the cutscenes. Somebody made that decision where you can't skip them, and it 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 they have like over an hour of cutscenes that we can't skip. So that's what also creates a barrier to entry of speedrunning downpour is just all the cutscenes you have to watch. Gotta watch Murphy fumble that rhyme every yeah, time. He, and he always and he always this the screaming. Everybody loves the screaming. It's turned into such a meme over there. Like, and you'll hear him scream twice. Like, no like that just constantly <laughs> yeah. just overlays it's just it's just great it's like 
it's 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 almost retroactively ruined the haunted house in Silent Hill three for me because every time they get to that part where Heather Heather has to run from the red light, I think mm-hmm. about Murphy running from that orb and screaming. Yeah, God. and that they just they just ripped that from Silent Hill three. And speaking of Silent Hill three, you know you were mentioning. Silent Hill 3 is good from a uh, is good for like the feminine point of view because Heather is is the character and she's my favorite protagonist. Silent Hill 2 is my favorite game, but I love Heather. She's she's the best protagonist because she comments on everything and she's got such an attitude that you can just read. You don't have to see it. And I like it. And the thing about Downpour that's so frustrating is the main character is so boring to me. Like this, I don't really get him or really get what's going on, but there that that other character and Cunningham to me is a fascinating character. And I wish she had been the main character because, and I want to know more about her and what happened more, way more than anything with Murphy. And if they had just gone that route and put Anne as the character, I think downpour would have been a lot more Mm. consumable in a general sense. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been really, really neat to see it through Anne's eyes. Because I really like Heather. Heather from Silent Hill 3 is my favorite of the main characters in the whole series. Well, an eternal enigma. It's been a blast talking to you, man. It's, we're coming up on two hours here. We normally, <laughs> yeah, you, we normally <laughs> run like an hour and a half. But when I get talking, it's hard for me to stop. So uh, It's been great, dude. That's, I, I didn't want it to end. but no, This has been a blast. Absolutely fucking awesome. My editing wrist is going to be like, come on, bro. Uh, I gotcha. <laughs> No worries, <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, we thank you, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you seriously for coming. I know your your schedule is so busy. You you do such a good job with your street, your whole stream, and getting that together. So really appreciate you taking the time out from that to to sit down with us. And I promise, I promise, Nitro a, a good, good Silent Hill discussion. And I think we got, I got it. Yeah, you definitely got that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I know I I don't have a manager or anything, not yet. And I run like a million miles an hour a day and I'm not the most organized guy in the world. I just kind of do it day by day. And uh, I know sometimes I can take a little while longer to respond, but I always make sure that I'm there uh, as quick as I can be. So uh, I appreciate your patience in communication with me. Oh man. Yeah. You're all good, man. Yeah, you're a guy that does like 11-hour streams, man. So you're totally yeah. fine, man. Nobody's coming after yeah. you after that. Uh, but yeah, man, if, if you wanted to plug uh, where people can find you online, man, you can uh, go ahead with that. Absolutely. Uh, my main thing, of course, is Twitch. That's my main That's my main drag. I've been a Twitch partner for five years, uh, not looking to stop anytime soon. And if you've enjoyed what you've listened to here, you can come check me out, twitch.tv slash an eternal enigma. I do a little bit of everything. I'm mostly a horror streamer, but man, you can find me finding doing anything. Uh, We just went through Metal Gear Solid. I'm about to do a playthrough uh, at the time of recording this. I'm about to do a playthrough of Bioshock Infinite. We're going to do a playthrough of Siphon Filter. Hell yeah. uh, Coming up soon. Uh, Just a lot lot of good stuff coming up. And you're always good at least once a year of of a deep dive of the Silent Hill playthroughs on my channel. Channel, like deep story playthroughs I ch- they don't the thing is they just don't release any games anymore so i try not to get burnt out on them too much so i try to keep them special yeah we sympathize with that for sure yeah so <laughs> yeah. yeah you know how it is <laughs> us metal gear fans and silent hill fans we got we got something in common <laughs>
us us konami us konami folks we can kind of relate but yeah twitch.tv that's my main thing you can also find me on twitter at an eternal enigma i'm there all the time for better or for worse i'm on twitter a good bit and uh we also have a i'm also a discord partner if you want to come be a part of our community you're more than welcome discord.gg slash an eternal enigma those are my three main things i don't spread myself too thin but i really put my full effort uh into everything that i'm on so if you want to jump into those three things anybody checking this out uh, if you've met me for the first time through this uh, and this was a great show i highly recommend you listen to things after this because i was checking out things before i was on this show especially when i saw maxi Loves was on and i knew this would be a good fit i don't i don't do a lot of podcasts this is maybe the third or fourth one i've ever done oh, wow um but when i was contacted by via email and uh I saw, I kind of did a little research. I was like, you know what? This is awesome. I, I feel, I go by gut instinct and I just, I just do what feels right. I always tell people to follow their heart. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm doing this one. I feel like this one's going to work and a uh, home run. So That's awesome. thank you all very much. It was, it was great. So thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you for giving us a chance. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This has been an absolute blast. It was awesome. Yeah, in a world of like a million podcasts, we we definitely appreciate you <laughs> looking at ours and going like, all right, I'll go on that one. They, they seem pretty cool, so we appreciate that. You know, it's a good fit. I appreciate it because obviously, you know, it was connected to my Metal Gear Solid run, and you know, like I said, we're all we're all under the Konami banner. We all can kind of commiserate on some similar issues, so I thought it would be a good discussion. It absolutely was, and uh, it was a blast. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks again. Thank you.